1: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network,
1: your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL for FanRag Sports, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. It is Opponent Wednesday, week one. The Seattle Seahawks come to Lambeau for a critical early season tilt. And joining us to break down the Seahawks and their matchup with the Packers is Danny Kelly from The Ringer, one of the best NFL writers around full stop, but also um, uh, just a, a tremendous resource when it comes to the Seattle Seahawks. Danny is one of those guys who, when, when he writes something, even, even someone who is living it and breathing it and doing it for a living, when he writes something, I learn something. And so that's, that's really important. So it's, it's always my goal to try and entertain and teach on this, on this show. And I think Danny um, is, is a great resource for that. Before we get to Danny, I have to give you my spiel because I would love to get a sponsor for this podcast. If your company is interested in advertising to men, men who like sports, men who like the Packers, Milwaukee, Madison, Green Bay, Wisconsin, all over the country, really, and the world, your company should be sponsoring this podcast. Locked on Packers is listened to mostly by men and mostly between the ages of 18 to 44. If you want to reach that demographic, this is your show and rates are reasonable. So email me at peter underscore at yahoo.com to find out more. And with that, let's dive right in because there is so much to talk about. It is week one, excitement is high, anxiety is probably high, both in the locker room and and around Cheesehead Nation. So let's bring in Danny Kelly from The Ringer. Danny, thanks for coming on Lockdown Packers. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. So... There's something that's that's been really fascinating me about this offseason with Seattle, and that is it seems like all that anyone wants to focus on is what this team can't do or what its flaws are. And it seems like yeah. we've forgotten that this defense still has Richard Sherman and Cam Chancellor and an awesome set of pass rushers. Like, are we forgetting yeah. how good Seattle is? I think it's I think it's
0: uh yeah I think we are I think it's kind of a natural thing they've just been sort of good it's it's I feel like it's kind of the same thing as like we forget how good the Saints offense is like we don't really appreciate yeah. Drew Brees and and it's in the same sort of vein as, as the Seahawks defense I mean like like you said they still have two of the most underrated linebackers too Bobby Wagner and KJ Wright Richard Sherman Cam Chancellor Earl Thomas Michael Bennett Cliffaveril, and then obviously Frank Clark is kind of on the up and up um you know, it's it's just so easy to sort of overlook them because they've been so dominant the last, like, five years. Um, it's easy to forget. They led the NFL in scoring defense for, I think, three years or four years in a row. And they finally fell off that, that title last year. But, I mean, they're still a very, very good defense. Still have an amazing run defense. Um, still have a good pass rush and, and get a lot of turnovers. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, when I look at the Seahawks, it's always going to start with sort of that, that – tough physical defense and and keep games... I mean, they basically keep every game close. There's a few one-offs, including the Packers came last year, which was a a pretty big outlier for them, honestly. Um, But they almost always manage to keep the game close for the offense.
1: Yeah, that was... There's some crazy Russell Wilson stat, and I, I don't have it, but like where he hasn't even trailed by more than 10 points or something more than one or two times in his whole career or something crazy like that it you, could be you know? yeah it's
0: something like that it's um th- there was the stat and i believe that packers game last year where they just dominated the seahawks um was the first time in like four years that the seahawks had lost by more than 10 points yeah so, I mean, they basically are always in games, and it starts with the defense. Obviously, the the offense has been very good
1: also, but it, it all starts with the defense. Sure, and one of the things that has been the, so much a focus for this team has been the offensive line, because all we want to do is talk about where they lack, right? Uh, yeah. What is your level of concern for Seattle? Because now George Fan is hurt, and they yeah. need— they need like if kevin clark made a joke on the on the ringer nfl show earlier this summer like if george fant going down is someone you were (laughs) relying on like you were already in trouble
0: it's a funny yeah that it's a funny sort of phenomenon right now because people were really really depressed when Fant got hurt and (laughs) he literally i don't think i mean he like hadn't played since high school and i'm not even sure he played in high school (laughs) he was like a basketball player so um yeah it was it was a weird sort of phenomenon uh I'm sort of, like I I'm definitely not optimistic I'll put it that way okay. um but I'm not so I'm not like you know defeatist necessarily either I think that they're gonna be probably pretty good at run blocking the, the run game I think is gonna make a big comeback this year because frankly I think it really really bothered Pete Carroll last year that they were bad at running yeah. and um but I think that they're going to be pretty bad at pass pass blocking again. I think that's just kind of, you know, the way that's sort of the the result of them just not really investing in the position in terms of free agency. They they have invested quite a bit of um, their capital, the draft capital in the offensive line. It just hasn't really paid off for them. They just haven't done a good job of, you know, identifying mm-hmm. guys and keeping guys and keeping guys healthy and all that. So, um, but they, they did go get Jokel in the offseason who Luke Jokel. He's 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 supposed to play left guard. He's looking pretty decent in the preseason. That could be kind of a stabilizing force cuz he's a veteran. I mean, like honestly, the Seahawks seem to always just be playing these guys like switched over from the defensive line, don't really know what right, they're dude. doing and stuff. So, it, it's almost just like really nice to have a guy who's actually been in the league for a few years and actually blocked someone before. Um yeah, the Tom Cable special, right? <laughs> yeah. So, um no, I I'm feeling I mean I I definitely wouldn't say the word is optimistic but I'm not feeling totally crappy about it either I think yeah you know they'll have their ups and downs I think Russell Wilson as long as he can stay healthy that's the main thing and he he can kind of get out of jams just because he's you know a mobile guy and he's kind of a magician in terms of like escaping from situations but yeah um, and and that's kind <clears> of <throat> that's kind of the same same old same old it's almost like I I don't even like care about the offensive line at this point just because <laughs> I've been worried about him for like 5 years so it's like whatever
1: right it's sort of like the like the Seahawks team as a whole, right? We're just not going right. to just going to we're just not going to worry about it. So there's something interesting that I think has been going on with the Packers and the Seahawks, and it seems like every year they play a marquee game, and every year mm-hmm. they're two of the three or four best teams in the league, and yet there doesn't seem to be a a real rivalry there. Right. It would, I mean, That's a, do you yeah. agree? Yeah, I do agree, and it's
0: funny because I actually wrote an article. As a good plug, thank you. Um, I wrote an article earlier this this summer um, about how there's not very many good rivalries in the NFL right now. Like, I think maybe the best yeah. rivalry is maybe like the Bengals Steelers, and, and I'm not really even that excited about that. No. Um, <laughs> so. I, and so I was basically the article was me going through and trying to find like the next great rivalry, and and mm-hmm. I I considered the Packers uh, Seahawks rivalry or not or their lack thereof right now. Um, but honestly, it just didn't really get me going. I, and it's funny because like obviously we had that great NFC Championship game. I mean, not, not great on in terms of Packers. Fans, yeah, we can but,
1: we can agree to disagree on the <laughs> characterization of that game, but yeah.
0: But please continue. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so I saw more, I saw better. Rivalries between the Packers and Cowboys and the Seahawks and Cowboys, or the Packers and the Falcons, potentially. Yeah. Um, I I don't know. I just, for whatever reason, the Seahawks one has. Maybe it's like everyone in Seattle and Green Bay are too nice or something. I I don't know what the deal is. Or too polite. I I don't know what you think it it
1: is. I think think there's a mutual respect. That's actually,
0: it's probably due to like, thank you for John Schneider, by
1: the way. (laughs) Right. So, like, you know, it's, and it does start at the top. I think Pete Carroll has respect for Mike McCarthy. I think Sherman and those. Those defensive players have respect for Aaron Rodgers and what he can do, like definitely. I, I think that there is just that mutual respect and in, in some there's ways, no one on, there's no one on the Packers other than
0: Clay Matthews that Seahawk fans don't like, I think.
1: Yeah I think I so mean, like, like when, everyone here when kind of the 49ers the had their when they 49ers had their rivalry with Seattle, there was a Packer's 49ers rivalry at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what what made the 49ers that team that were easy to rival. Yeah. But it seemed like they had three or four rivals. Yeah, And yeah. the Packers don't really have one right now because the Vikings have been, they've basically bullied that division for so long that it's like, okay, right. are the Bears really their rivals anymore? No, probably not. Are the Vikings, well, kind of. Packer fans still hate the Viking fans, but it's like, oh, you guys are cute. So I, you know, I don't, I don't know. I think, but I think you're right. If you look into the future, you could definitely see if the Packers and the Seahawks play again in the playoffs and again next year, because they're going to, you know, obviously we have week one, there's going to be the potential for another playoff game, potentially, uh, frankly, another NFC title game. Uh, I mean, that doesn't seem out of the realm of possibilities at all, right? No, not at all. I mean, they'd probably be my two top picks
0: right now for the, the NFC championship game.
1: Yeah. And so maybe one will start and maybe it'll just sort of be like a competitive thing where the the fans don't hate each other, but it's like, this is a team we respect. We have to get through them to get to the thing. There's (laughs) sort of an offense defense, you know, Seattle being a defensive minded team, green Bay being a more offensive minded team. Maybe it's just because there's a more natural, like, yes, this is the team we have to beat because I do think uh, Packers fans view Seattle as that barrier. Like if if we're a good enough team to beat Seattle, we can beat anybody. I yeah. don't know if Seattle yeah. views Green Bay sort of in the same way, but I, I I and I can't speak for all Packer fans, obviously, but I think right my feel is that is how it seems, and I think if that continues, just by by the nature of it, there has to be a rivalry develop in some way.
0: I think it would be cool. I really like. Yeah, I mean, like I I definitely feel like Seahawks fans look at you know in terms of teams offenses that you have to stop it's like the packers are up there because rogers is yeah. just unbelievable um and now they have a, you know they've got Ty Montgomery who gives them a new dimension in the run game um you know obviously martellus bennett is kind of okay, the seahawks suck at guarding tight ends so that's gonna <laughs> just be a pain in the ass um so yeah i mean it's i think it's a natural sort of it's they're they're putting a the perfect place to be a rivalry we'll see if it develops i think The more that I've thought about it while we're talking about it, I do I do think it's sort of just a grudging respect. Like I don't think people here hate Aaron Rodgers. I think they know he's like one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play. You know, so it's not like, it's not like some rivalries where you're like, oh, he's he's a bum, he sucks, blah blah blah. He's overrated. It's like no, Aaron Rodgers (laughs) is not overrated at all. He's really ridiculously good. So, um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It'll be. I I would love to
1: see that be a rivalry because yeah, I would too. You know, I think it would be great great. team. So yeah. So handicap for me a little bit because there, there's this flux at corner opposite Sherman because Deshaun Shedd looked like he was going to be, you know, the guy and he had that injury. Yeah. And there's been this sort of carousel of players and Pete Carroll is the best defensive backs coach in football. We know that. So what is that going to look like after Sherman (laughs) at corner?
0: Yeah, that is the question right now, and there we—I don't know the answer to that. I think the safest bet right now is Jeremy Lane starting on the outside opposite Sherman. He's kind of you know he's been around. He's a veteran. He's mostly played in the slot in his time in Seattle, but in the preseason they've been playing him on the outside as well, and I think that he's probably the favorite. And then when when they go three uh, three corners, they they move him inside and. That's where it becomes kind of like a toss-up. Like, it might be Shaq Griffin, who's a, a rookie. Um, Pierre Seer is kind of getting some thought. There's also a uh, Nico Thorpe veteran guy that they've kind of had for a couple of years. And then um, they signed Tremaine Brock recently, so he's another guy that could potentially fill in. But he's mostly played on the inside in the preseason. So <clears throat> bottom line is, I don't really know. <laughs> and uh, it'll be—I think it's one of the most important things to kind of keep an eye on because— no one's really stood out at that spot. I mean, I think Sha- Shaquille Griffin's probably gotten the most, like, first-team snaps, but
1: mm-hmm.
0: honestly, he's kind of gotten picked on a little bit. So, yeah, um, yeah But it seems be, like the Seahawks that, like that's his talent. Seahawks fans oh, yeah,
1: seem he's, to anyway. He's
0: a, yeah, he's a guy I think people are excited about long-term. Um, but, you know, the Seahawks offense— <clears throat> Excuse me, the Seahawks defense is sort of specific the way they do their footwork and— um the way they play up on the line a lot in their cover three is, is you know, very, very difficult to ask for a lot of cornerbacks. And so yeah. it just it just takes them a while to develop the footwork and the, the patience and just basically the confidence to do it. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's always tough to ask a first year guy to do it, but yeah. we'll see. We'll see if it happens. The good uh, news
1: I mean, for Seattle is the Packers don't have any <clears throat> talented pass catchers. So, so yeah. Good it thing it won't be a good problem when we it.
0: Good thing the quarterback can't flick the ball sixty yards with ease.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's I, it's
1: it's uh, as exciting a way to open the season I think as as either team could possibly ask for. And yeah, and didn't, didn't they going, open the
0: season a couple weeks, couple of years ago too?
1: Yeah, that was uh that was the game where it was like, oh shit, they unlocked Percy Harvin. <laughs> yes, yeah, and then it turns out they didn't. Yeah, <laughs> That's okay. but yeah. It was it was one of those games where the, the Packers fans were like, Oh well, same old Dom Capers. Can't adjust. <laughs> they were still that was when Russ was still running read option plays and it yeah. was like the Packers still hadn't figured it out just in time for the Packers to figure out how to stop read option plays, the league stopped running them. <laughs> uh so that's great. Um the last thing but before we before I let you go, um the Seattle run game. Yeah they have I think at last count forty two running backs.
0: <laughs> and yeah, so... something like a... rounding up. Yeah. <laughs> so M- McKissick counts as one, I think.
1: Sure. Uh and then they probably have some defensive linemen who they're gonna convert to running backs. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and so just hand, can you handicap that for me a little bit? I mean, Packer fans obviously are anxious to see what Eddie Lacey looks like and they're anxious to be annoyed mm-hmm. if he actually is in shape and looks good, which he has at times in the preseason. So what uh, does that run game look like? Is CJ Procise going to win someone their fantasy league? What's the deal?
0: Uh, to answer your Procise question, I don't think so. Um, I mean, I think he'll be on the team. I don't think he's going to have heavy volume, uh, So the, the, it's funny because you asked me the two most difficult questions on the team right now. So I kind of sound like a terrible analyst, but, um, yeah, the, the running back group is very, very much up in the air as well. I personally think that Eddie Lacey is going to, or he's going to start the season kind of as like the guy that gets the most carries. I think Thomas Rawls has been a little bit hurt. We'll see. I think they like Thomas Rawls a little bit more um, as mm-hmm. their starter, but he just hasn't been able to stay on the field. He, he missed last week. They said he could have gone if it was a real game. So um, I think he'll get first carries, but I think yeah. overall, you know, as the game kind of goes on, I bet you they'll, they'll use Eddie Lacy a little bit more. Um, I think by mid-season, though, it'll probably – I'm kind of putting my eggs in the Chris Carson basket right now. I think really? he's just looked more impressive than, than the other guys. Wow. Um, and that – that prediction, though, is sort of assuming Thomas Rawls is injured, and that's not a fair assessment necessarily. That's not, not fair. <laughs> just the way he runs is so, so violent, and I mean, yeah. and that's what they love about him. But, like, he just— he And he's just, had
1: issues staying healthy in the past.
0: Yeah, I don't even think going back to college he's ever played a full season. So, yeah. um, I mean, I think— you know if i if i'm gonna let me put it this way i think thomas rawls is the guy they want to be the starter i think eddie Lacey's a the guy they want to just like slam into people and like be very physical and um i always say like Pete carroll he wants the defense to know they played a very hard game i've heard him say that he wants the defense yeah. to like be really sick of tackling you by the end of the game yeah so i think that was a big reason they like eddie Lacey is because he's a load um you know, he's not necessarily, he's not like an elusive guy necessarily, but he does break tackles and he does run over guys. So um, I think those two guys you you can safely say are kind of like the favorites right now, but I I have my money on Carson kind of breaking through maybe midway through the year. If there's some injuries because he's just run, he runs like, he runs like Rawls in the sense that he's just extremely physical. And if Rawls goes down, if, if Rawls goes down, I could see him getting some play and, and, I think he'd be pretty good in that offense. He's looked really good in the preseason, anyway.
1: Outstanding. All right, Danny, thank you so much. Uh, I, I think, despite your your own admissions, I think you did a great job of uh, giving some insight <laughs> to to our listeners. Um, yeah. They're they're frankly pretty familiar with the Seahawks team, and and I think for everyone's sake, let's hope a rivalry develops because I think that could be really fun.
0: Yeah, I'm all for it. Let's do it. I want to. I need to get out to Lambeau this pretty soon, anyway. So keep, keep absolutely
1: keep it going. <laughs> All right, Danny. Thank you. All right. Thanks. That's it for this week on locked on Packers. I want to thank Danny Kelly again for joining us. He is, he's awesome. He really is. And uh, it's not out of the question that there's a Packers Seahawks rematch. So we may have to have him back on in the playoffs. If that's uh if that's a thing that happens, because no one knows this team like Danny, I want to remind everyone you can find Packers coverage on Acme Packing Company, the SB Nation blog. You can find Packers coverage and so much more NFL coverage at FanRag Sports. Please continue to utilize those resources. That's it for this week. There is no Thursday show. We will be back Monday to break down the Seahawks, um, and that won't be me doing that. Jason Hershorn, who you heard last week talk about the Packers, is going to break down the Seahawks game for me. I will be out of the country, so be nice to him. It will be a great show, and... Everyone is excited to see how this team opens the season. Week one, this is is it. We're back to real life football, which means you need to stay locked on top. the list.